0: Happy Halloween! Today is a special Halloween episode. If you are listening live, today's Halloween. If you're not listening live, this is still a really good episode to listen to because I am sharing wedding horror stories from real weddings. Not only are they going to make you cringe and be happy you weren't there, but I'm also going to give you some tips to make sure you avoid this at your own wedding. So let's get to today's horrifying episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Proven Skincare. I am so excited that Proven is a sponsor of our podcast. A couple of years ago, I started buying expensive skin creams instead of my drugstore face wash and moisturizer because my skin was looking a little rough. Literally, it looked rough on the surface. It never seemed hydrated and I was getting more and more wrinkles, but I had no idea what I needed and felt like I was throwing money away. That's why I love Proven. Proven created a personalized skincare routine that addressed my specific skin and its needs. I filled out a short questionnaire that asked me questions like, where do I live? Does my face feel tight when I get out of the shower? How much time do I spend in front of a screen? Important factors that affected the state of my skin. After using Proven's daily face wash, moisturizer, and night cream for only a couple of days, I kid you not, guys, my face was visibly smoother. I couldn't stop looking at my face in the mirror. It was kind of bad. Even my husband saw a difference, and he can't even tell when I get my hair cut. Now I am obsessed with Proven's skincare and tell literally everyone about it, including you. Whether you're a bride or groom and you want to take extra good care of your skin so you're glowing from the inside out on your wedding day, or you're a regular person like me just trying to reverse the signs of aging, you need to use Proven. Visit ProvenSkinCare.com and enter the code DESIREE for 20% off your purchase. Again, that's ProvenSkinCare.com and enter the code DESIREE, that's D-E-S-I-R-E-E, to get 20% off your entire purchase at checkout. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. I am your host, Desiree Adams. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. If you are a longtime listener, thank you so much for tuning week after week. I really appreciate having you every single episode. Now in today's episode, I am sharing terrible wedding horror stories and what we can learn from them because these were truly nightmares and I'm getting anxious just thinking about it. But I think this is important for us to relive it so that you can hopefully avoid this and know what to do if this happens to you. Okay, ready? Let's jump into it. So Reading Horror Story number one, the candles that almost caused a fire. Now at this wedding, we had a beautiful wedding table set up with special taper candle holders. So those are the tall ones, tall tapers that were ordered just for the wedding. So we had white candles in the wedding, but then we had these really pretty blue and white holders at the bottom, the bases. Now the holders were provided by one company and the taper candles, the actual candles, were provided by another company. We did not opt to have hurricanes, so the glass things going around the taper holders and the candles because they were at extra cost and the bride wanted to save money. And a lot of people like the look of taper candles without hurricane cylinders. I'll get to that later. Now, on the day of the wedding, both companies, the rental company and the florist, were setting up the taper candle holders and the candles. Now, about halfway through setup, my team noticed that the candlesticks were starting to lean to one side. A little bit later, they were falling down. They were literally like drunk and couldn't stand up, and they were just falling over and not, and just, you know, causing havoc. Of course, they weren't lit yet, but because it was still set up, it was not good because, you know, we knew that this was gonna cause an issue during the actual wedding. So, 30 minutes later, they're almost all down on the tables, and I had to go leave and do the ceremony because the ceremony was not at the same venue. I also hate doing that because I hate leaving and losing control and not being there in case something happens. But, you know, they have to get married. So I had to go leave. And the rest of my team was there for the setup. Now, I leave to go to the ceremony and my team is handling setup. And then the ceremony is finishing up and it's great. And I'm in a great mood. One of my associates, Allie, texts me and says that the florist is leaving. And I ask about the candles and she says, well, they're not fixed yet. And I'm like, what? Okay. So I get back to the venue and the candle situation is terrible. Not only are they not staying in the holders, they're going to be a fire hazard if we light them. And the whole design of this wedding was resting, not all of it, but, you know, we got the taper holders to match the china and she had these ginger jars that matched everything else. Like it was a whole thing. We couldn't just sub out these candlestick holders for something else. The clock is ticking and 235 guests are going to arrive in three hours and the candles are not fixed. So normally in situations like this, we use this stuff called a stick'em that we wrap around the bottom, the base of the candlesticks and that helps secure them and keep them in the bases. Like if the candlestick holder is too wide. We also have a putty that we can wrap around the base and that usually keeps them in place. Or sometimes we even just use tissue paper and we'll just stick it in the bottom because usually the mouth is too open and too wide and the candlestick is you know falling over. Now, the issue with these candlesticks were that the holders were very shallow and like the bowl was very shallow and the candlesticks are very tall. So they're beautiful, the candlesticks, because they're tall and they can stay lit for a long time, but because they're taller, they're also heavier, which any little thing just caused them to start leaning and not stay upright. So we tried another kind of putty, we tried tape, we tried glue, and no, all of our normal little tricks are not worth it working. So finally, we try hot glue. And that seems to work, but again, like, we're losing time. So we don't have enough hot glue sticks for all of the candles. We used some from the venue, and I had some, but we didn't have enough. So the doors are about to open, and now it's two hours left, and the candles still aren't fixed. Guys, this is causing me anxiety right now. But my assistant, Allie, remembers that she lives five minutes away And calls her dad. And he brings us extra hot glue sticks and another glue gun. So we're furiously trying to get these candlesticks to stay in. And the doors open. Everything is fine. And I'm just hoping that these candles are not, you know, going to fall over. It was fine. The candles did not fall over. They did drip wax all over the linens, which was another headache. Because then the linens got damaged. And normally, guys, so whenever you have candlesticks or candles, they're going to drip wax. Even if it says these are dripless candles, they're going to drip wax. If there's any sort of breeze, air conditioning, they're going to drip. And if they drip too much, they will go onto your linens and then you will pay a damage fee for those linens. Now, yes, Desiree, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you avoid that? I know. I have a candle snuffer that I used to go around and literally put out all of the candles. But there were, I don't even know how many, there were 230 people. So there were like, uh, I can't remember, 21, 22, 23 tables. I didn't want to go around and be like, sorry, 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 sorry. You know, it was terrible. I would have, but I just ran out of time. And at that point, because we were in a tent and the fans were going, It just was not enough time to put out all the candles. Plus, like you know, then it looks like crap. But anyways, that was the wedding that went almost went up in flames. So now we're gonna get to some lessons learned from this day so that you can avoid this terrible situation that happened to me. So first, make sure you test out your candlesticks inside the candlestick holder. This is obvious, I know, but. It wasn't to us because this has never literally happened to us ever and we've never had issues. But just do that just to make sure you don't run into that problem. If, if it's a typical taper candlestick holder, it's probably going to be fine. But these were specialties, so that was probably what caused the issue. But just if you have different people providing the candlesticks and somebody else providing the holders, just do a test run. Make sure it works. Easy peasy. Two, always use hurricanes around your candlesticks. This prevents the wax from dripping onto the linens. Also, it makes sure your candles stay lit longer. But a lot of times this is the issue is the candles just go out and you light them once and they never stay lit because there's fans, there's air conditioning, there's there's airflow in a large room with a lot of people. It just happens outside. There's a breeze. It's going to happen. So, the you know, the, this couple opted not to use the hurricane's we have instated since then a rule where we always have hurricanes no matter what. Again, we have our candle snuffer to put them out. But, you know, with this wedding, it caused basically, you know, they had to pay over $500 in damages to the linens because the candlesticks, but also people got really drunk. I don't know why. People got really drunk and there was alcohol everywhere on the linens. And so, yeah. So also make sure your guests don't pour all their their – Alcohol and the linens. That's another story. Okay, so that was wedding horror story number one. Wedding horror story number two is called The Bus That Never Came. So for this wedding, my couple had booked several of their vendors before hiring our company. This was also full service. And so the company that they booked used school buses instead of regular charter buses fine you know like it's a little bit more rustic but fine so you know before they hired me they booked six buses to transport all of their guests which ended up costing them over eight thousand dollars now i know why they booked this company is because they thought they needed six buses which cost them a lot of money I would have never recommended because they were expecting 180 people. I never would have if they, had, you know, if I was part of this from the beginning, I would never have recommended they go with that many buses, because obviously it's going to cost too much money. They had a different bus company on Friday night because they only need one bus, and they were like, "Oh yeah, like whatever, you know, whatever that cost is for the other nicer company, we'll go with them for one bus, but we're going to go with a different company for the six buses." If I had been involved, I would have said, no, you just need fewer buses and we can do loops between the properties. Also, you know, based on your guest count, you don't need that many because we have this many people that can stay here and then at the main venue. And then, you know, the other buses are just for auxiliary guests. You know, as we got closer to the wedding, we were able to cancel three of the buses and we kept three of them. So that did save them a lot of money. Some companies won't let you do that or you forfeit your deposit. But luckily, we were able to save, I think... Half of the money. So that's good. So that was, you know, that, that's already a, a disaster in itself, spending way too much money on transportation. Okay. So at the wedding, we always run through the itinerary with the company beforehand. I give them our cell phone numbers and ask for the driver's cell phone numbers that are going to be driving the buses so that we can reach them on the day of the wedding in case there's an issue or a change or whatever. So we went through the itinerary with the company. But they would not give us the driver's cell phone numbers. Now, I get it. It's their personal cell phone. They don't want them going out to like whoever because, you know, I might call them at 2 a.m. Because, no, I'm not going to call you at 2 a.m. I don't care. Like, once your job is done, I'm not going to need you. I don't need you unless you are not doing your job. And therefore, I need your cell phone number. So anyways, this company would not let us have their phone numbers. Allie, again, my assistant, was calling – dispatch on the day of the wedding to say hey I just want to make sure that the drivers are there at the pickup location can we get the phone numbers and she said no again but she said oh it's okay I will call the bus drivers for you and I'll call you back so she is supposed to call Allie back and of course she doesn't and now it's time for the buses to be leaving to come to the wedding and we don't know if they left because dispatch is not calling us back and you know, we keep calling but they don't call us back and now it's 15 minutes before the wedding is supposed to start, and still no buses have arrived. And I'm like, what is going on? And this is, guys, this is the worst thing for a planner is because I have no control. There's literally nothing I can do. My hands are tied, and I don't even have information to go off on, like, did the bus break down? Did the bus get lost? What is going Are they on their way? I don't even know. So... Allie is calling dispatch, and she says that she'll call her back. Of course, she doesn't. Ten minutes before the wedding starts, one of the bus drivers calls Allie finally and says, hey, I just dropped off the guests. The second bus is coming and is also dropping off guests. Okay, great. Five minutes before the wedding starts, the guests arrive, and we're waiting on the third bus. And she calls back the bus driver, and she's like, where's the third bus? There's still one more bus. And he says he doesn't know but he'll call her back. Like this, like, guys, this is why we need your cell phone numbers. Anyways, so the wedding is about supposed to be starting and we still don't have a bus. We're still missing a bus. And then five minutes after the wedding is supposed to start. And usually, guys, I always start my weddings five minutes late on purpose because people are usually late. In this past wedding weekend, we had like three people or five people that were walking in literally five minutes after the wedding was supposed to start. That's why I start five minutes late. So anyways, the wedding is supposed to be starting and I'm so angry because we don't know where this bus is. The first bus driver finally calls back Allie and says, oh, hey, I talked to the bus driver. There was no one on his bus, so he just didn't drop off. We're like, well, you could have told us that, so we didn't have to be waiting. I was so angry, but then also relieved. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Let's just get going, and I line everybody up, we go, and it's fine. Like, we started 10 minutes late, officially, so it was fine. We actually made it up during cocktail hour, so it was fine. But it was really annoying and terrible, and we had no idea what was going on, obviously, during the setup. So again, what can we learn from this second wedding horror story? One, don't ever skimp on wedding transportation. Transportation can really screw up a wedding schedule, also photographers, but still, in the story, wedding transportation is very, very important. You know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with transportation. A bus driver may not be familiar with the area and they get lost and stuck in traffic. They take a wrong turn. You know, if you guys live like in Chicago or New York City and the bus driver takes a wrong turn, it can be an extra half hour because they can't get off at the right exit or whatever. And that's bad. Also, if they're not familiar with the area and they're in a more rural setting, they can get lost on country back roads. There's not good signage. There's not good lighting. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. So that's number one. Number two, and I used to do this, but we used to have bus monitors that would ride a bus. Now, you know, that basically means I have to have a staff person riding every single bus, which is a lot of money. And that's a couple options. We didn't do that for this budding. And it would have been helpful if we had had a bus monitor at the venue to say, hey, no one's getting on this bus. You can go ahead. In this situation, if you all don't have a planner, but you have a family member or a friend that is staying at the hotel where the bus is coming from, if you can appoint someone to ride each bus and then text the planner or text the venue and be like, hey, we're coming, we're on our way, or hey, we had a situation, blah, 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 blah. That helps so much because if the bus drivers you know, are dealing whatever, it really, really helps. So if you have any transportation questions, let me know in your reviews on Apple Podcasts. I can definitely go into a more in-depth situation, more in-depth episode with wedding transportation, which I've been meaning to do. You can also send us your question to the Wedding Planning Hotline, which is 585-210-3467. Again, that's 585 210 3467. Now, I know that this couple decided to book this specific bus company because they were less expensive, but usually that makes you wonder why someone is so much less expensive than another company if it's really, you know, a significant savings. So if you're really unsure about your transportation, ask, or any other vendor for that matter, ask your other vendors that you've already booked about this company, and they will probably tell you the truth. Like, yeah, they're good. And they're less expensive, or no, they're not good, and that's why they're less expensive. So that's good. Okay, number three, our last and final horror story, which I think was probably the worst. Okay, so this is my last one. This wedding took place at the couple's private lake home. They were planning a wedding festival with concerts on both Friday and Saturday night. And when I say a concert, it was the real deal. We had a giant stage with lighting on trusses and a production company and a a green room trailer for our artists. The whole deal. They flew in a Fleetwood Mac and a Rolling Stone tribute band from across the country. It was a huge production. It was really fun. It was awesome. It was a really awesome concert. But now... I'm going to try to describe the way the layout of the land for this wedding because it's, it's going to be hard to picture it, but I'm going to do the best I can. So the house where they, you know, where they live or their summer home was facing the water of a lake and it's on the side of a hill, the house. So the lake is down the hill from the house and the band stage is at the top of the hill further behind the house, right? So the house is halfway down with like at the bottom and the band stage is at the top of the hill. And then the guests were supposed to be watching the band at the top of the hill, kind of looking down onto the stage. It's like an amphitheater, perfect. Now, in order to get up to the top of the hill, all of our production trucks had to drive up a dirt road about half a mile away. So it's going up the side of the hill. So not like up the steep part behind the house, but up the side. So it's more gradual, right? So if it's a right triangle, the band was at the top of the triangle. The house was at the 90 degree part of the right triangle. And the road going up the hill was the hypotenuse, if that makes sense. And then the road like that cars drive on is basically the bottom or the base of the triangle. So... On the Tuesday night before the wedding, it rained seven inches. Seven inches, guys, in one night. Water was running down the whole side of the hill in the backyard all the way down to the lake. The hill itself was soaked and squishy and muddy. Now, of course, we had had multiple backup plans put together for different scenarios. So our backup plan for this area, for this wedding was to build the stage on the driveway, but the bride and groom didn't want that. And then, you know, at this point, our stage production had grown so much that that wasn't really an issue or a possibility. Plus, we wouldn't have had space to put all of our food trucks because the food trucks were also supposed to be on the the driveway or at the top of the hill. But our food trucks couldn't get up the hill because, if you guys don't know this, food trucks are super heavy. They're very, very dense. There's a lot of metal there. And there's, you know, oil and liquid and food. They're super heavy. So they couldn't drive up the hill. So, you know, two days go by. We try to let it dry out. Luckily, this is in July, so it was super hot. So on Thursday, when the restroom trailer, because, you know, it's an outdoor wedding, so we have a a giant restroom trailer, and the green room trailer, so think of just like a a giant, uh, like a normal trailer, like a trailer home. Well, a trailer to go camping. We have the green room trailer for, you know, for camping for our artists. they were supposed to be getting dropped off on Thursday. They couldn't go up the hill because it's muddy. And they were, you know, they would have sunk into the ground and they would have gotten stuck. So they tried to go up a little bit, but, you know, their wheels were turning and kicking up mud and it was just a giant muddy mess. And then one of the trucks, so we tried to get the, I think the rest, the green room trailer up the hill and it couldn't go. So we got it up like part way and then the truck that was backing it in damaged the restroom trailer. It was just a disaster uh, because it was slipping and sliding and it was terrible. Also, the trucks that were loading in the stage and the lighting and the trusses are also very heavy. So the crew, had to hand carry everything up the side of the hill, like basically like behind the couple's home. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it was 93 degrees outside during the day on Friday and Saturday and Thursday. So that was actually good because it was drying out the grass and mud, but it was bad because everyone was obviously heated, overheated from exhaustion because it was so, so hot. It was a terrible, guys. But luckily my client... Who, you know, who knew, who had a lot of friends, really great people. It was like a small town, knows everybody. And they were able to get a construction crew to come in and basically built a giant road on the side of the hill where the dirt road was to get the trucks in. So basically put these giant mats down. They're called like swamp mats that construction people use. And they used that to kind of flatten out the area so there wasn't any mud. And then some of the trucks were able to get up the hill. But it was still... A giant, guys, I stayed up like until like 1 a.m. just trying to figure out what we're gonna do about this just this mess. Well, fast forward, you know, luckily both concerts were able to happen. Our stage was built where it was supposed to be. The concerts were amazing. The restroom trailer was not where it was supposed to be, but it was fine. It was in a different spot. Nobody noticed. It was fine. Our food trucks were set up on the driveway and set up up the hill, with the exception of our ice cream truck, which was a little bit lighter, and the bride and groom. We're so happy with how everything turned out, which for me is all I care about, right? I care about the bride and groom and the couple and their guests and everyone having a good time. I remember at 11 p.m. on Thursday night not knowing what to do about this mess. And my bride said, Desiree, I know you'll figure it out. I'm not worried. And with that, she kept wrapping her wedding party gifts and went along her merry way. And that little pep talk told me, yes. I will figure it out. It will be fine. It might not be what we planned, but we're going to problem solve. And this is the the cars that we're dealt with, and this is how it's going to have to be. So what can we learn from this wedding? Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you'll know that I always say to have a backup plan, But we and we, we have backup plans for this wedding. But if that backup plan is going to ruin your wedding, it's not a good backup plan because it's not a real plan. So you have to be able to live with whatever contingency plans you have in place or change your plans completely. Now, I was not familiar with this property. Obviously, I didn't know that the ground was very soft there. So had we known that, we might have tried to do a different plan. But I think the the couple just really wanted this to happen. Obviously, we couldn't control the weather and we had to be flexible. I don't think there's anything that we could have done differently in the situation. Maybe even more careful about bringing those trucks up when we did. But- that's, that's why people pay me because I've experienced these horrible situations and can tell you what not to do. Okay. Number two, home weddings are a huge production. You are building an entire venue from the ground up. If something goes wrong, you are responsible for fixing it. Unless you have a planner, it's going to be on you. If you're considering a home wedding, listen to episode 52 of the podcast with Pam and Alan Sheldon, who hosted a tented wedding in their backyard. It will help you decide if it's a good fit for you because honestly, guys, they are a crap ton of work and and yeah, things can go wrong that you would never think would go wrong and someone is left having to fix it. And if you want that stress for your wedding day, sure, but most people probably don't. Okay, number three. You can't predict what the weather will do. You will have to be able to be flexible. And if you can't deal with the pressure, hire a wedding planner. You need a professional to make sure your investment is taken care of, whatever you guys decide to do with your wedding. So that wraps up today's episode on wedding horror stories. I hope you enjoyed listening to me recap some of the most stressful days and moments of my life. It's okay now that I'm on the other side and everything turned out well, but oh, they were just terrible. And I hope my pain helped you have a better wedding in some form or fashion. If you have follow-up questions or want to talk more in depth about something you heard today, please leave the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave your Instagram handle and what your question is, and I will make sure to answer it in a future episode and follow you back. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ask the Planner podcast. And you can also, if you prefer, leave us an anonymous voicemail on our wedding planning hotline with your question. The number is 585-210-3467. Again, 585-210-3467. Don't forget, I will be going live on Wednesday to talk more in depth about this week's episode. And I'm going to share our new solution for candles that won't stay upright. Now, before we wrap up today's podcast, I want to give a shout out to our review of the day. This review is by Abigail Winston. Abigail Winston 4 writes, five stars with four exclamation points. Love, love, love in all caps, this podcast. Desiree gives the best advice, and I learn something new every single episode, exclamation point. Yay, Abigail. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave that very kind review. That is exactly what I want to do with our podcast. Obviously, that's what I want to do with this podcast today, this episode, to teach you something from the pain and suffering that I had to go through. So yay. That is all for today's episode on Halloween Horror Stories. I hope you also learned something while I revisited these nearly traumatic experiences. If you are listening live, I hope you have a wonderfully spooky Halloween. I actually love Halloween. So if you dressed up this weekend or you're dressing up tonight, I would love to see it. I dressed up with my husband as Morticia and uh, Gomez. Whatever, the, the Adams family because I'm we're des, you know, the Adams family for real. So I dress up as Morticia and I think he's Gomez, the husband. So please tag me on Instagram and I will be sure to follow you and share your costumes. I love seeing your costumes. And for today's episode show notes, visit verveventco.com forward slash 70. That's verveventco.com forward slash 70. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I love spending time in your earbuds and hearing all of your thoughts on the podcast in your reviews. To connect further, make sure you follow us on Instagram at AskThePlannerPodcast and on TikTok. And I will talk to you all next time. Happy wedding planning. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit AskThePlannerPodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.